Welcome in. Brought to you by absolutely zero demand, unless you're one of the Peterson brothers. This is my new podcast, Perfect Banter, in honor of the late, great Kurt Henning, uh, also known as Mr. Perfect. I'm here to, uh, you know, banter about BS because I live in New Jersey and have zero friends and uh, just need to get some shit off my chest. It's kind of something that I wanted to start up again after the new year, uh, at least do it once a month. I had not done a below average talent podcast since August of 2018, so I took the whole year 2019 off, uh, realized I'm wasting money on a Squarespace uh, website and did not like the name, the theme, anything like that, so it was extremely uh, extremely pointless for me to continue to do so. So I'm going to try to do these, you know, maybe twice a month in 2020. That's kind of the goal, just to talk shit about what's going on in the world of pop culture, sports, uh, you know, maybe politics, since we are in election year and fun stuff like that. So without further ado, I'd like Elizabeth Warren to uh, say a few words for us. Thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Thank thank you, Elizabeth. Um, So the this year's been off to a rough start, I guess, 2020. Um. Obviously, this past weekend, uh, Kobe Bryant passes in a uh, helicopter accident, which, you know, I'm not, I wasn't like a huge Kobe fan. I thought he was a great player. I used to play beer pong and scream Kobe every time I'd shoot a uh, ping pong towards a beer cup. But it wasn't like, you know, I uh, was a massive fan of the guy. I think more or less what it really comes down to um, is. The fact that, uh, you know, people have this idea that these, you know, people that are still young that are in our sports, uh, you know, sports lexicon, are they're infallible or they're they're untouchable, right? Anything that happened this weekend, it just kind of made me realize that, you know, when your time's up, your time's up. So there's really not shit you can do about it, unfortunately, and it's sad and it's terrible that all those other people that, you know, his daughter and the and the JUCO head coach and his family and everybody on that helicopter lost their lives. But can we, I'm okay. This is going to sound kind of insensitive. Why, why do people want to cancel NBA games? Like there's no right answer to that. How long do you need to mourn the loss of somebody before you go back to playing basketball again? Uh, you can take a whole week off, you know, like a, a Jewish Shiva, uh, morning period for someone who wasn't even in the league anymore uh are we going to cancel games if something happens to michael jordan uh did we cancel any games when david stern passed didn't he pass during the season life life doesn't stop just because someone passes um you know it that that actually watching that on twitter this week was something i kind of had a hard time wrapping my head around um, about people asking for them to cancel games. It's like, at what point, you know, at what point do you just stop living for somebody? I don't know. Um, Kobe was a great player, and it was a sudden and uh, tragic uh, ending to it all. But you can't stop living your lives um, because of an accident that someone had. Uh, you know, it could it could have just as easily happened in a car wreck or, you know, anything like that or a random act of violence. Um, it's, I don't know. I have a hard time with these, with these people deciding on, you know, with these thoughts of that we're going to cancel games and just not play, um, cause they're sad about that. And half of these players, 
probably didn't even know him personally. They just watched him and idolized him. And why don't you just play it for his honor? Like, I don't know. People, I just think people, it just puts people in a, brings them back to earth of what this really is, which is all temporary. Um, and I don't think people like facing that. Uh, we're a little too insulated in this country. Things are a little too good. Um, despite what some people will have you think that our demise is right around the corner because uh, our president talked to Ukraine or something. Here's my biggest issue about the Kobe thing. Uh, this was the worst example of people breaking news on Twitter that I've ever seen in my entire life. On Sunday, I'm sitting there refreshing Twitter, and all these people are telling me now that like all of a sudden, you know, Kobe and four others, right? And then, and then it was Kobe and all of his daughters. It's like, well, hold on, that doesn't make sense if five people died. And then it was nine people, and then it was Rick Fox, and then it was back to five people, and then it was just Kobe and Gigi. You guys need to get the story right when it comes to people's deaths. I, I mean, you can get a, you know, you can be Detroit Free Press and call the state for Hillary Clinton, um, you know, the second after polls close and be wrong. Nobody cares. It makes funny. We make fun of you for that because you're an idiot. But you can't do it with people's lives. So we got to move on from there. That's it. Um, with that, I just Twitter Twitter first news, unless you're um, unless you're breaking news that's not literally life and death, you probably should make sure your story's right. Uh, don't be breaking news about uh, things like that and conjecture and rumor that you heard from the guy who knows the guy who has a friend that flies helicopters out of that airport. That's that's not the way to do it. Um, you know, Twitter. I'm gonna be honest with you. When you do, you know what happens when you break news about life and death, and you're always wrong. You just made the list. You just made the list, Twitter. You've been on the list for a long time, but you know, neither here nor there. Uh, what else? We, I mean, so 2020. Other than that, 2020 started off pretty crazy. Uh, everyone thinks that LSU's football team was the best football team in college football history after uh, one good season. Um, Joe Burrow went from a 16 touchdown guy a year ago to apparently the greatest thing that's ever played college football because, you know, Joe Brady comes over from the Saints, brings over some NFL concepts, and he throws a crap ton of touchdowns in, you know, a pretty weak defensive SEC this year. And just college football in general is really weak defensively. I, what, what team had a good defense? I, I don't think this year's LSU team is much better than last year's Clemson team. Uh, that Clemson team last year just shut people down and shut down uh, everyone's offense, got after the quarterback. They didn't lose the game last year. They crushed Alabama in the final. Uh, how was Clemson 2018 much different than LSU 2019? Just because Joe Burrow had an amazing season with a uh, new offensive uh, passing game coordinator from the NFL and two very good wide receivers plus a pretty – a uh, pretty reasonable tight end in Thaddeus Moss. Uh, I have a hard – people say they're the best. Uh, fuck off. You, you you didn't watch Nebraska 95. I mean, that team was, you know, on all sorts of steroids, but they were incredibly dominant. Uh, nobody could stop them. You couldn't stop the option. You couldn't run against them. You couldn't pass against them. But we're going to act like this LSU team's the best team ever. Stop. You're an idiot. Um – you know, but I, I think Joe I think Joe Burrow's a good player. I think Joe Burrow will be fine with the Bengals. Um 
you know, I don't know if A.J. Green's sticking around, but he's going to have Tyler Boyd. He's going to have Joe Mixon. I think his numbers will fall back down to earth. I think people that are expecting Joe Burrow to throw for 32 touchdowns next year are going to be in for a rude awakening. Um, it's just not something that anybody sees happening moving forward. Plus, you're going to act like – here's my biggest issue with the people acting like Joe Burrow was the best college quarterback that they've seen in the – you know, ever in college football. He's 20 fucking three years old. He's one year younger than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is winning the MVP of the NFL. And I hate the fucking cheese, so we'll get to that later. But to act like a 23-year-old in college is super impressive, and then you look at the fact that, oh, yeah, you got, you know, these quarterbacks like Mahomes and Watson that are barely older than this guy. This guy's a graduate student. Uh, taking online classes. So basically, he's in the film room as much as any LSU coach doing film study. He's basically a pro player on a, on a, on a college team in that situation. So I take, a, you know, I take some points away from Joe Burrow being this amazing quarterback when he, his job was football this year. And, you know, you can say what you want about college players basically having football be their job. This was legitimately about the only thing that he did. And he took a couple of, like you know, fluff uh, MBA classes online, right? Like, you know, introduction to marketing or some bullshit. It, it's not It's not exactly Harvard. Let's not act like this kid had an amazing, you know, an amazing out-of-nowhere season just by accident. The guy put in the work. He's older. He's more mature. He knows the college game. He was able to study opponents more. And he just had a couple of awesome-ass athletes, at wide receiver, like I said, I'm, let's stop with this. Joe Burrow's the best college quarterback of all time. Frankly, his season was not better than Cam Newton's senior year at Auburn. I just, I, I don't buy it. Joe Burrow's good. He's not, he's not even in the top four. He maybe put up the best numbers. Does not mean he's the top four college quarterback of all time. College football is different now. It's way more wide open. I just, uh, that's my rant on that bullshit. Oh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, this podcast if I continue to do this it's going to get better than this I'm going to tighten it up but it's just going to be mostly me ranting about bullshit I basically have just a whole bunch of freaking notes written written down just ranting about stupid crap left and right um let's see what else is new okay uh well the best was the post game uh I don't know who how much molly that uh Odell Beckham Jr. took during uh the game or before that dude was just on the field handing money out to players as a booster of the university that is just a next level of i'm untouchable like you can't i don't think you can do that i mean not like he can get in trouble but university like you gotta get hey man get uh jamar javar chase jamar chase whatever the hell his name is he better give back that 800 dollars that uh stoned out of his gourd obj gave him on the field and then he's in the locker room like not even letting coach O give a speech he like cuts in about how he, you know, he wants a moment to be on him because him, Zach Mettenberger, couldn't beat freaking uh, Alabama when they were in school. What Jarvis Landry? Zach Mettenberger, really. He's no Joe Burrow, I'll tell you that much. But, you know, OBJ needs to get off the drugs, stop slapping cops in the ass and getting arrested. That's probably not smart. He maybe needs to look on, uh, work on maybe staying healthy and being even a top 10 wide receiver anymore. The guy, the guy went to Cleveland and, uh, Felt the face of the earth, but hey, he has a core injury, guys, so. You know what? I have a back injury. I don't want to fucking hear it. I'm getting through the day. I mean, my back's been fucked up for three days now. Doctor said I need a backy out of me. I'm on all sorts of painkillers. I got, they, they gave me Flexeril. 
They gave me uh, 600 milligram ibuprofens. Um, you know, I don't want to hear excuses, OBJ. Fucking uh, go out there and be a star. Uh, rule 52, no excuses, play like a champion. So, what else happened in January? Oh, the Astros got caught cheating. And uh, after it was proven that they cheated, Alex Bregman and uh, Jose Altuve just sit there and act like nothing fucking happened. Or they, they gave, oh, I shouldn't say that, but they gave the worst answers that I've ever fucking heard to the press about, oh, you know, the commissioner, the commissioner made a decision and we're just going to move forward from that. It's like, okay, it's been proven that you're banging on the drums. There's multiple videos out there of the drum coming, the drum banging coming on only change-ups uh, from the dugout, uh, you know. You, your coach lost his job, your GM lost his job, and then Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve are just, you got to at least steer into it a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, we fucked up, our bad, moving forward. And then Justin Verlander gives a joke about how high-tech, uh, how good the high-tech uh, capabilities are of the Astros at this banquet, and CC Zabathia is like four things away. That makes me, That makes me hate Justin Verlander more than I already did. Like, this guy's such an asshat, they get caught, and this is just what happens when there's no responsibility given to the players at all for their cheating. So, you can make stupid jokes about basically, you know, ruining the integrity of the game uh, a week after that your coach and your GM lose your jobs. And the worst part, the worst part about this entire thing, and I'm... I'm a little disappointed I waited so long to do this podcast. I finally found some time to sit down and do it. But was what Jessica Mendoza said on ESPN. And I have the clip of it right here. To another team and then going public with this. Going public, yeah. I mean, I get it. If you're if you're with the Oakland A's and you're on another team, I mean, heck yeah. You better be telling your teammates, look, hey, heads up. If you hear some noises when you're pitching, like this is right. what's going right. on for sure. But to go public... Yeah, that it didn't sit sit well with me, and honestly, it made me sad for the sport that that's how this all got found out. I mean, this wasn't something that MLB naturally investigated, or that even other teams complained about because they naturally heard about, and then investigations happened. But it, it came from within. It was a player that was a part of it that benefited from it during the regular season when he was a part of that team, and and that when I first heard about it, it's just it hits you like any teammate would, right? It's it's something that you don't do. I totally get telling your future teammates, helping them win, letting people know, but to go public with it and call them out and start all of this, it's it's hard to swallow. You have a pro- What the fuck? So she's basically upset that they got exposed for ruining the integrity of baseball, and I was going to call for her, you know, I I think I said this on Twitter, like, I was gonna, like, get her ass fired, like, they gotta fire her ass, and then a, a report came out yesterday that there's a word that uh, they're gonna remove her off of Sunday Night Baseball, thank God, because her and A-Rod are the worst, and I actually like Matt Vaskersian, but that crew on Sunday Night Baseball is terrible, they're impossible to listen to, uh, Jessica Mendoza never adds anything to the commentary whatsoever, and plus, how can ESPN even have her hired, she's now a consultant for a Major League Baseball team, she is employed by the Mets. How can you possibly have that job at the same time? They need to remove her. She basically, you know, had to go on, you know, the defensive as soon as that interview with freaking dumbass Golik came out because, uh, you know, she just basically sounds like a moron. 
She sounds like a moron. I was like, oh, I just can't believe this. I just can't believe Mike Fires would do this and just expose some horrible cheating that's going on in Major League Baseball. That's just terrible. No, what? You have to stop this stuff. And I'm glad it came out. I'm glad they're going to have people in the dugout. It's hard enough for teams to win in Major League Baseball, especially smaller market teams. I'm a fan of the Royals. We're not going to win this year. We're probably not going to win the next next couple years until these uh, young kids get some MLB experience under their belt. And hopefully they stick around and we get kind of lucky like we did in the uh, Hosmer, Kane, Moustakis uh, up-and-coming years. And, uh, yeah, I just – I can't – I couldn't stand what she said there. That – really pissed me off that left me with a bad taste in my mouth uh starting uh this season so you know i'm i'm glad Mendo- if it's true i'm glad mendoza's office hunting Night baseball i don't really want to see her on espn anymore anyway um i felt like she doesn't really know the game that much and if it wasn't for kurt schilling being such a loudmouth uh Republican, we'd probably still have him who actually understands pitching and he would talk a lot but you know what? I don't mind people that talk a lot. I do that shit. That's not a big deal. But uh, Mendoza at least uh, can be off the air now moving forward. So what else happened this year? Oh, the Aussie Open's going on. Which, to no surprise of anybody, uh, Naomi Osaka, last year's winner, went out semi-early, lost a new American uh, upstart, Coco Goff. You, know, not, you listen to Osaka speak... I don't think she's ever going to win another major again. She Her mentality is absolutely pathetic. Uh, she breaks down with any pressures put on. She's kind of a baby. She just talks like a typical, um, you know, millennial girl who's just trying to find her way. It's hard out here, guys. It's hard out here, but, it, you know, people give me a lot of pressure on Twitter to be better at tennis. And it hurts my feelings when I play bad. And it's just hard. Stop being a fucking baby. Speaking of fucking, you know, what everybody's been talking about Mamba mentality since uh, Kobe passed. She, she probably needs to find that. Because she's got the, whatever the opposite of Mamba mentality is, if it's like scared kitten mentality, that's what she has. Um, so I, I don't really see Naomi Osaka being a, I can see her falling out of the top 10 uh, in the near future. I just think, you know, she crumbles in the biggest spots. And I don't expect to see her winning uh, major anytime soon until she changes her uh, mental game up a little bit. And uh, on the men's side, you know, same old, same old. We got a nice little upset last night with uh, Dominic Team beating Nadal. Uh, Roger Federer somehow won two matches that he had no business winning. And he's going to get Djokovic tonight at 3.30 in the morning. I expect Djokovic to roll him. I mean, I'd be surprised if it went into a fifth. I think it's Djokovic and four at most. Uh, we don't even know where Federer's uh, groin is in terms of health. He, he strained it, had some hard, hard time moving in that match. He miraculously uh, came back to beat Tennis Sengren. And I just, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is a tough one. Uh, especially, yeah, Djokovic is just like, he's a lot like Agassi was in Australia. It's like just his tournament. It's a tournament that he dominates, and I don't really see much change in there in terms of uh, the Aussie Open. And I'll be wrong. I'll look stupid uh, tomorrow morning, but I'm going with Djokovic to win. And I'm also going to pick Zverev to end up losing to Djokovic in the final of that one. On the women's side, who fucking cares? Honestly. Women's tennis 
It doesn't matter. Until like Coco Goff or one of these young Americans, maybe Kennan or Ansamova, until they're like at the top, I don't care who wins women's events. Uh, it's I think Serena's basically done. I'm not sure she can win seven or six matches in a row. What is it, seven matches in a row? Yes, yeah, she had to win seven matches in a row to win a tournament. I don't think she can do that anymore. Um, she makes too many mistakes, and she's just, she's just not in good shape as a lot of these girls. She can't run down as many balls. She's still super powerful, but without the ability to run down a lot of the, a lot of the uh, shots that some of these other players are making, I think people like, uh, you know, Kenan give her trouble. People like Halep, gir- like girls that keep the ball in play, give Serena a hard time. They, it's difficult for her if she cannot blow you off the court. If you just get the ball back in place, she will fuck up eventually. So uh, I'm going to pick Halep, I guess, out of these final four, but who knows? It, it might as well be it, – it, it could just as well be uh, Sophia Kennan um, from the United States that comes with the breakthrough who – it's all BS. Maybe Muguruza, who all of a sudden – she's back to playing like a good player again after falling off the map for multiple years. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not exactly uh, – Giving a crap. I won't be staying up to watch the women's finals, put it that way. What else is going on? Oh, uh, Antonio Brown's back in the news. Uh, likes to get under a little house arrest. Uh, turns out uh, he got off a of house arrest after he was accused or charged with felony battery of, like, a truck driver. So he locked himself in the house. Then he turned himself in. Then he was on house arrest. And then he got taken off a of house arrest. He has to check in with court personnel every day. Um, and then he has to... Oh, he got off a of house arrest for contractual obligations. Like, he still has sponsors? Are people actually still paying him to, like, promote their stuff? I want to rethink that at this point. This guy's straight-up crazy sauce. And when he signed with the Raiders, I was super excited. I was like, I should have I been smarter at the time. You look at it, it's like, oh, wait, we just got Antonio Brown? for only, you know, a couple of draft picks that aren't a first-rounder? Oh, my gosh, that's a steal. I should have been like, wait, what's wrong here? Uh, Pittsburgh knew. Pittsburgh knew this guy was off his rocker. Uh, Fontes Perfect knocked him stupid, and then they traded him to the team that ended up picking up Fontes Perfect. And then he tried to fight Mike Mayock, and then he went to New England, managed to blow that pretty quickly, and... Then came out with some of the worst music videos we've ever seen. So, Antonio Brown's probably like not going to play in the NFL anymore, and I don't think uh, anybody's going to miss him. He's going to be 32 next year. 32 and crazy. It's, uh, I think a lot of teams are in the pass on 32 and crazy. Uh, Odell Beckham's only still in the league because he's in his 20s still. Uh, he's just as crazy, which is unfortunate. But, no, uh... Antonio, it was a fun run. Way to uh, try to ruin my season with the Raiders, you piece of shit. Um, I guess there's, we should talk about that uh, that uh, big game coming up. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? No, Jim. We're talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs. God damn it. Versus the 49ers. Um, so I'm a Raider fan. I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, I went to, I've been to at least like seven Raiders Chiefs games, I think, in Kansas City. I think I'm like three and four. I think the Raiders are three and four in those games. 
I can't stand the Kansas City fan base. I can't stand them being, you know, happy. And this is coming from someone who's a Royals fan. But the Royals fans, they disappear until they're good. And then all of a sudden, everyone's been like the biggest fan ever. I get the sense from my friends that are still in the Midwest that it's kind of happening in the Omaha area. That all of a sudden, all these uh, bandwagon, you know, forever Chiefs fans are coming out of the woodworks. They they finally didn't blow it one year trying to get into the Super Bowl. Uh, They have to lose. And here's the shit. Raiders fans. Okay, here's the problem. And I'm as a Raider fan, I understand our fan base isn't much better or any better at all. But the Bay Area ones are psychopaths. They're like all upset because it's the Niners and they don't like the Niners. And it's like, oh, I just can't even watch the game. It's going to be too hard. No, fuck that. I'm watching the game and I'm rooting for Jimmy G and his beautiful chin and his perfect hair and everything about the Niners. Is I, I have to root for them. I, think they're, I actually think they're going to win. Uh, I feel like the only reason why the line's as close as it is with the Niners not being favored is just because Patrick Mahomes has this, uh, you know, the two comebacks in the playoffs. He's like, they're, Vegas has given him the he's magic uh, line, basically. Because if you look at the two teams, who has the better offensive line? I'd say the Niners. Uh, I, I mean, I... I don't love the Niners' pass blocking. I think Mike McGlinchey, uh, the right tackle out of Notre Dame, I've always thought he was a better run blocker than pass blocker. And, you know, he can be beat quite easily, I think, on the uh, right side of Garoppolo. But I think the run blocking is maybe the best run blocking offensive line in the league. Which team has a better defensive line? That's the Niners, and it's not really that close. Who has a better secondary? That's the Niners. I mean, I think the Chiefs secondary has gotten better this year, and they're deeper. But I think almost at every position in the secondary, the Niners are a better secondary. So why is the spread? Why are the Chiefs favored? It's it's one guy. It's fucking Mahomes. And the only thing Mahomes has is that annoying-ass girlfriend of his. That's the worst at social media. And she probably needs to be punched in the face multiple times. Uh, you can go on Twitter, and it's just basically a compilation of her screaming at the phone. Typical sub-25 millennial asshole. Just, oh my god! Oh, mommy! He's going to die I'm like, I'm a, a, if I was at a game with her, I'd fucking punch her in the face. She deserves to get punched in the face. And I love uh, Kansas City Media on Twitter, like, you know, Barstool Sports posted something about her being, like, super annoying. And, uh, like, of course, like, KC Media... It's like, you guys, she's a great fan to have. You guys are terrible. How dare you come down on her? No, she's an annoying fucking bitch. And if she wasn't on the goddamn fucking chief side, you wouldn't like her either. Stop, you Homer idiots. You can't just defend everybody. If it was any other person's, like, annoying-ass girlfriend that screamed in the cell phone and posted on social media, they'd uh, they'd probably tear her up, too. So what else happened in uh, January? Let's see, Kobe died, Super Bowl preview. Boston cheating, uh, Joe Burrow. What do we not cover? Oh, from the world of not sports and from the world of... Okay, from the world of towns that suck across America, this report comes in um, from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this actually happened before the end of the year. Uh, it was posted on December 16th. Uh, Cleveland cop accused of urinating on girl at bus stop pleads guilty. 
If this isn't the most Cleveland headline that I've ever read, I don't know what is. Apparently, this 34-year-old cop faces seven and a half years after he pled guilty to charges of attempted kidnapping, pandering obscenities, pandering obscenity, okay, decimating manner, harmful to juveniles, and endangering children on August 16th this past year. He pissed on a 12-year-old girl in, at a Euclid bus stop. That is disgusting. Like, that's that's taking your R. Kelly fetish public. Cleveland, get your shit together. That's not cool. That's gross. Uh, in other really sad news, uh, if you were a fan of the Mighty Ducks movies, you probably know who Goldberg is or was. Uh, the He was played by an actor named Sean Weiss. Uh, today, he was arrested once again. Uh, this time, he was arrested in Marysville, California. He was discovered in a car parked within a local residence garage at about 7 a.m. Uh, you know, he uh, basically just rolled into this guy's thing. He was out of his mind on meth. And they're charging him with burglary and trespassing or whatever. Um, he was, he just looks like shit. Uh, he's, I mean, he's obviously a huge meth addict. His face is like melting off in these uh, mug shots. Really feel bad for him. Uh, you know, it's child stars, man. Sometimes you just, they just fall apart. So, big ups to my man, Greg Goldberg. Hope you get the help you need, buddy. Don't turn out like Artie Lang. Oh, wait, Artie Lang's doing well. I shouldn't say that. That's really fucking mean. I take that back. What else? Uh, well, last thing I want to talk about maybe a little bit is um, the fact that uh, if you didn't see it, Joe Rogan semi-endorsed Bernie Sanders on his podcast earlier this month. Uh, I believe he was talking with Mike Baker, the former CIA a uh, friend of his, and they just come and they usually talk about, you know, current events and government and whatnot. And he basically just said that, you know, if he was to vote today, he would probably vote for Bernie because, you know, he's always stayed consistent. His uh, his message hasn't really changed. Uh, and, you know, Bernie, of course, did the podcast and, you know, he really liked talking to him. He, you know, he just thought that he was really genuine. Now, here nor there, I mean, that's it is what it is. Um, Joe Rogan, you know, that's all it was. Probably no one thought anything of it. And then all of a sudden, like, the Warren camp, like the Elizabeth Warren, you know, soy boys got all involved saying that, you know, Joe Rogan is a masochist, a racist, a white power, right wing honk. And, you know, his endorsement of Bernie, like, invalidates Bernie Sanders' existence as a candidate in this race. It's fucking, it's fucking hilarious to me that this group of Warren people just make shit up and they think it's okay. Just make up your heritage of being Native American. Probably make up the whole thing that was on the last debate about Bernie telling her like 20 years ago that a woman couldn't be president. Here's what probably actually happened. Is they had a conversation and at the time, 20 years ago, it was probably something where Elizabeth said something to him like... You know, Bernie, do you think that a woman would be president right now or could be president now? And Bernie's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's a tough climate out there for the ladies. Uh, I think it'd be hard for a woman to get uh, elected right now. That's the worst impression of all time. 
But I'm assuming, like, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was, he probably said it would be tough or something like that for a woman to get elected president in the 90s. Well, or early 2000s, maybe. And, uh, well, of course, Warren takes that conversation from forever ago, makes that a talking point. CNN, who's basically endorsing Warren without doing it, uh, you know, feeding these questions to Bernie, uh, basically saying it, you know, framing the question as fact instead of did you. He had to basically defend himself. And then when he got done defending himself, they asked Elizabeth Warren, Miss Warren, how did it feel when Bernie told you that a woman couldn't be president? They just said it like it was fact. There was no, that there was no debating it. And then, of course, at the end, the hot mics are on and Elizabeth Warren's going up to Bernie's like, um, did you just call me a liar on national TV? We're not going to talk about this right now, but we'll do, we'll do this later. This is not, this is not a good time. Like, I love Democrats. These fucking people. I, I don't really care who wins the nomination. They're not. They're not going to do anything because that whole party is so disjointed. They're just going to political rant on perfect banter. That's probably a good place to end it, huh? Anyway, um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do a little bit more of these. There's a lot of shit that I see that I just kind of want to comment on. Uh, it's, And I don't want to pay for the, uh, you know, the old Squarespace uh, website anymore. I don't need to. You can host these pretty much anywhere. Uh, you can just put them online. And if you want to listen, you can listen. You can get them on iTunes pretty easily anymore. So... Uh, you know, I appreciate, um, if you actually stuck through my insane rants that are probably super unpopular and, uh, annoying to a lot of you, thank you. And there's only one last thing to say. This podcast was absolutely perfect.